0: Welcome to the uh, Tuesday edition of the Investigative Journal. I'm your host, Greg Szymanski. I'll be here for the next two hours. And uh, hopefully in the next two hours, we'll, uh, we're will we going to have on today uh, Alan Watt. And he is a uh, a person that, uh, boy, I'll tell you, he, he talks about a lot of new things. And uh, he's got a website called Cutting Through the Matrix.
1: Alan, are you there? Yes, I'm here.
0: Oh, good. I didn't know if you were there. I'm glad you're here. But anyway, Alan, uh, you have a website called CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Why don't you tell the people uh, what you've been working on lately?
1: I've been doing, very busy doing my talks that I give I would, every week on the histories of the system that we live in and how we got to where we are now and all the different agencies and religions involved and controlling the people down through the centuries up until this point Mm -hmm. into the new scientific dictatorship that we're moving into now the world run by experts and professionals that have taken over from the old priesthoods but they still use the old priesthoods too for their advantage.
0: So you talk a lot about hidden history Um, I guess we can uh, start from a a point uh, uh, where would you like to begin?
1: Uh, just the fact that because of man's basic need to, to, uh, to get in touch with something he thinks is out there bigger than himself, which is their, their deity, their God, their, their creator or whatever, uh, that in all times, especially in such an ancient times, uh, priesthoods arose using that knowledge and, and distorting their truth and saying they had the truth. And because of that, they became very dominant. Um, over the people they controlled the people's minds through the religion Mm -hmm. and with them uh, wherever they went they brought the money system with them that's very important because the money is, is a form of slavery once you get people to accept money you can then tax it back from them you can hire armies and go and conquer other countries we're really seeing the culmination of thousands of years of this very technique coming to an end with the Middle East and they're put under the exact same system for global domination. Uh, This agenda has been on the table for an awful long time. And it, it also takes the cooperation of all existing religions to go along with this. If you notice, not one of the major religions or religious leaders is warning the public about the future and what it has in store for the general public, either in the cloning field, the genetic engineering field, the eugenics field, Uh, and the depopulation programs that they've been uh, putting forward for a long time none of the religious leaders who have the power power and the authority to tell people look, start thinking about this none of them tell them even talk about it or even discuss it which tells you they're all in on this together at the very top levels
0: you're talking about all the major religions at the top levels, perhaps, working together to mislead the masses, and this goes back a long, long way. Can you give us any kind of history that you, uh, you uncovered uh, throughout the centuries that lead you to believe this is uh, true?
1: It's not just um, coming to believe it. It's when you stumble across major figures in history, like Alexander the Great, for instance, Now, Alexander the Great was taught, his mentor was Aristotle, the philosopher. And Aristotle was married to one of the the biggest international moneylenders of his own era. And uh, the same moneylenders from the Middle East funded uh, the Macedonians and the Greeks to go into Persia and take it over. They, They paid for the war, in other words. And all the people who were taken over had to pay it all back through taxes to repay the money sharks. But you find the same thing all down through history. moneylenders, lenders, the leaders that teach and, and put up front men like Alexander the Great, or maybe a George Bush in our time, uh, it's all the same old con game. They're all interrelated, we find, through their wives and through their mentors. They're all intermarried, interrelated, and this is their world as far as they're concerned. Uh, John Kerry is the same uh, with his wife who's involved uh, in the Heinz industry they said they take over the food industry you know, 40, 50 years ago because when you take over the food industry you have war on the people uh, and, and war in all times takes into account economic war, food and water all the basics when you're, when you're having a war on a city or on a whole country or on a world you go for those primary things And it's just a a coincidence, of course, we have John Kerry, who is married to uh, the Heinz dynasty, uh, who I'm sure have been modifying those foods since they created the the company called Heinz. Modification Mm -hmm. of the food to the modification of the people. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know what? I'm looking here on your website, and you have three books available, correct? One is Cutting uh, Cutting Through Number One, uh, and then Cutting Through Number Two, a glimpse into the great work, and then Cutting Through Number Three, Esoteric and Veil and the Meaning of Revelation Revelations in the High Masonic Tradition. Why don't we stop start
1: with your first book and tell us what's that about? That's the Her. Uh, uh, go ahead. The, the Hermetic. Uh, the- uh, really, hermaphrodite has different meanings in the occult industry. In ancient times, they talked about the perfection of the human being, uh, where the left brain, left and right brain would be uh, working together, emotion versus reason. It would come to a, 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 a harmonized point, and that was the perfected man or the luminous man, as they called it. Um, you'll find the same thing hidden behind major religions. In Genesis, the deity splits himself, he makes a, a double of himself, and from that double he then redivides, subdivides, Adam and Eve from it. Meaning that the deity himself was male and female. That's the meaning in, in the Genesis. You also find the same thing in the writings of Plato. The deity they worshipped was neither; it was male on the front and female on behind. When they walked walk the other way, they're talking about the ultimate perfection is going to be a creature which is neither male nor female which can self-reproduce and it's an odd uh, agenda to have you might think but it's always been here for thousands of years now they have talked about the creation of the perfect worker human being that would be both male and female and could self-reproduce that way there's no conflict the world they want to bring in has to be conflict-free free free from conflict of, of nations or races, ethnic groups but also no conflict of gender conflict. That's what they call their utopia, their peace on earth. However, Mm -hmm. the elite themselves have said they will not alter themselves. Uh, They will only alter the worker bees to be more perfect. And one day, if you serve the system of the state very well, uh, the honor you will have is the right to reproduce yourself, Hmm. an exact model of yourself.
0: And that's, uh, that's the first book. You talk a lot about that, correct? Yes, and also
1: how it's all done through the Masonic coding, uh, hidden in the language, right through so many different words that we use commonly without thinking of what they really mean. Our language itself was given to us to contain coding, Mm as all the high Freemasons know.
0: You know, just uh, before we get into your other works, uh, the second and third books, uh, give us your thoughts about uh, religion, uh, about the Bible, about the Koran, about how all these things fit in in your thinking, and uh, whether it's important to to follow one of these groups or whether uh, you feel that uh, a person can find, I guess, the Creator without any of it. And just give me your thoughts about religion, the Bible, the Koran, and Mm -hmm. uh, all the Jewish books uh, that tell about ways to find the Creator. What do you think?
1: Well, if you go through, the the mainstream religions all have, for the West in a way, all came from basically the Hebrew versions and split off. Uh, The Christians would say it was the culmination or, uh, or the completion of Judaism to have a Messiah most Jews think the Messiah is still to come and and you can have many Messiahs within Judaism anyone who furthers the cause is is called the Messiah and Mohammedism was slightly tailor made and altered to to suit uh, the the Arabic peoples the desert peoples um, and give them strong uh, laws basically to make them more cohesive as a society so they, they all come from the same root you'll find in every region of the world there's always a trinity of religions which are associated from a main root. And so for the, yeah, for the West, they gave them Judaism and Christianity and Mohammedism coming from, or Islam coming from, uh, the same source. You'll find in, in the, the Far East, they give you Shintoism, a form of Japanese Buddhism, and, um, and another mainstream religion, or, or Taoism or as well. So you always have a trinity of religions for each region of the planet and that's how it's set up. Slightly altered for the mentalities of different cultures. That's, all, that's the only difference there is.
0: Now, looking back at the Vatican's control over the centuries, uh, do you think they were involved in creating any of these religions?
1: Uh, I know it's been said they've been involved. However, the Vatican... Well, Roman Catholicism itself, yet you have to look at it through history's eyes, to, to see how it even evolved, yeah, go ahead. we have to realise that what you had was a Roman Empire that uh, knew it could not. It, it fell towards the end because it could not tax all of its colonies sufficiently to keep Rome in the lifestyle that was uh, that it accumulated and was used to. So they thought that religion was a better way to dominate the minds of whole people more cheaply, more effectively. Especially if you could indoctrinate the young, you, you will never lose lose them when they grow up. So the Catholic Church, remember, took someone else's religion, the Gnostic religion, really, mm-hmm. and the Gnostics had a had a Jesus-type figure, who was they said was mythical. He was a, a myth of a perfected man, which they all hoped to emulate. So it's almost like a, a mascot, you might say, of, of a perfected man, not a real person. And so they were arguing with Constantine when he had uh, the first great meeting in 325 AD to form this new universal church, uh, as, as it was called at the time. And he, because the, the Gnostics wouldn't go along with the Vatican saying, well, Jesus was a real person, Uh, Constantine sent out armies to try and kill off all the Gnostics because they knew, according to them that it was not a real person that had existed now in Judaism you have references to uh, Jesus in the Talmud and uh, in other writings of Judaism which would make you think there was at least one character who could have been called uh, uh, Judah or Yehuda or whatever but probably not Jesus we know it meant the fish from the Greek And uh, it was for the age of Pisces, the fish, that it was created. Correct. Uh, And every era, it's the same long before that, you had the Ramesses line for the pharaohs in Egypt because their lineage began in in the reign of Ares, the the, the, the ram, you see. Mm -hmm. So they always give you a a religious figure for the particular constellation that rules for about two and a half thousand years or so. So that Jesus was to to be meant to fulfill a period for 2,000-odd years, and then you're into the age of Aquarius, which we're coming into now, and then he dies off, the new one takes over. Everything is stellar uh, occultic, lunar occultic, and solar occultic in the world's history, and the priests down through the ages simply change hats, as they did for Rome. They changed the, the high priests uh, of Jupiter changed their hats overnight when they were now called uh, the Universal Church. And then after hunting down all what they called were the pagan priesthoods, the Roman Church then began to adopt those very tenets of those priesthoods back into their own religion.
0: And so we have that battle between Constantine and the Gnostics, the Gnostics saying that Jesus was a mythical figure, uh-huh. And then we have Constantine's uh, new religion, who is going to the the Roman uh, Catholic Church, uh-huh. who is going to say that Jesus was an actual man. Now he is translated in the Bible as an actual man. What actually, How did that come about? What is your? I guess what I'm getting at is, let's deal with the. Uh, Firm Bible believers and then firm believers of the Quran, and move on, but what would be your answer to a Bible believer who says this is really the only way to God, this, the words in this Bible have been written by God, and as they're written, they should be read and believed, and this is the way to heaven. What is your thoughts?
1: In a sense, they're right. In that, very clever people put the Bible together, giving you the simple rules that would give you a, a really workable society if everyone followed the rules, including those who lead your countries, you see? Mm-hmm. But never in any age have the rulers in this system followed the religion they make the people adopt. We know that by, by history itself, the leaders have never followed the same rules as the public. So, so yeah, it would be workable for the people if everyone did adopt and follow simple rules but however these religions are are, they're very Hegelian because there's there's always a truth contained within the falsehood as well contained within but the truth is that they're supposed to be stepping stones to much higher truths they're not meant to stay static and become dogmatic as a religion they're supposed to progress onwards and upwards and, and carry the person who is truly seeking into a higher realm of understanding towards uh, a creator. If you notice, that the main deity of Yahweh, for the Hebrew, the Old Hebrew, uh, is, a, is very much of a human character, very much of a human God, with his failings, his anger, his temper, um, his favoritism, he can also change his, his mind when he wants to and kill you if he if has a sudden rage. So it's, it's really a projection of a human, oriental-type despotic king that you would find in the Middle East at that period. It was something that people could understand. The Greeks now talked about the, the Demiurgos. The Demiurgos is the base god at the low level of godhood, claiming there's four levels, and that the base God is in charge of the world. He is the Lord of the world. And he, because the people are base, has very stringent um, uh, uh, patriarchal-type rules to make their system work. He's unforgiving. He, he's very, he, he puts you off guard. You're never sure if he likes you or dislikes you. However, he's not supposedly the only one. He's one level. So he's a demi-urgos, and uh, Jehovah fits that level perfectly well. If you notice, for instance, the story of, of uh, Jacob. Jacob cheats his brother out of the birthright and the blessing uh, by pretending that he is the brother, and he fools his own father, who is blind, or half-blind. Mm-hmm. So he lies, he, he, he cheats, and he steals the birthright, uh, and... and disobeyed his father, he broke all the rules, and yet the God blessed him for being so crafty and cunning and made him the father of Israel. Now that's how the mafia would work.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and so you have to understand there's high Masonic rules in there too because they do believe you should get away with things if you do it craftily and enough cunning um, and to get your way. Uh, the rules of, of the high a uh, corrupt system is also contained in that Masonic Bible, the Old Testament, if you understand them. Now, mm-hmm. what, what, what deity that's for justice and all the rest of it would ever uh, allow that to, to, to happen and, and actually bless the criminal
0: Exactly. Now, you know, getting back to uh, we were talking about the Vatican's role in the creation of all these religions, uh, what have you learned uh, through your studies regarding that, whether the Vatican was involved in the creation of uh, uh, Islam, whether it was involved in the creation of uh, Christianity in a sense as we know it, uh, and what is their role in the Bible? Uh, have they been involved in rewriting that?
1: No, Bible, what, have, what have you yeah, The Bible has been written many times always for political purposes including the King James Version was written to make the people obedient because J- King James thoroughly believed that he was God's representative on earth uh, ordained by God and he even wrote a big speech about that uh, King James said uh, how dare the people inquire as to his decisions he says don't they realize that that I have the power of God given to me by God, to do as and, and say and and do as I wish. That's how he truly believes. So, in the King James version, he str- he had all the writers stress that point that the government was put there by God and they should obey it. So it was written for a political purpose, with a lot of uh, high Masons at the time uh, working on that very project. Francis Bacon and others were uh, helped to to write that that together. If you go back into the ancient Middle East, into Zoroastrianism, really, and that was the start of all of these religions, Uh, uh, the the Zoroastrian religion uh, is the first one to come out talking about a good deity and a bad deity. Uh, Later on in Judaism, you have a god and a devil Even though the devil, if you read Job, worked for God. God told him to go and torment people. He he was a worker. He was was employed by God. But Zoroastrianism seems to be the one that they've all taken their their cue from (coughs) uh, and created uh, Judaism from it and Christianity from it as well.
0: And how far back are we going?
1: Uh, It's a very mythical figure, but it's hard to put Zoroaster it also from Zarathustra and Zoroaster in the old, old uh, system meant seed of Ishtar uh, that's where the name comes from Zoroaster uh, Zoroaster Zoro also means the man with the mask like Zoro
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you also have the same thing in the Old Testament with the Zoro Babel which means the seed of Babel why would anybody who'd been a slave in Babylon call themselves the seed of Babel you're looking at coding in there for the wise to understand. And, of course, the profane are never taught the reasons, as they call them. You're looking at very clever people running a system down through the ages with an exoteric for the public, be it Judaism, Christianity, or Islam, but teaching a high esoteric tradition for the ones in the know at the top who laugh up their sleeves at the public all the time.
0: Have you ever had a chance to see that video, Zeitgeist. That has been in all the i
1: cared about it. I haven't seen it though.
0: All right, I, I wanted to get your thoughts if you about it. Uh, yeah, I recommend you uh, take a look at it because it goes back and talks about uh, all of the astrological symbolisms that are contained in all the di- you know in all the different religions and mm-hmm. how they relate to the zodiac. Uh, regarding what we were talking about earlier the age of Pisces and coming on to the age of Aquarius It's uh,
1: it's even in the New Testament if you understand what you're reading I wrote that in the third volume I went through the whole zodiac a few years ago and explained what each one of them meant in the higher esoteric meaning you'll find that yeah even George Bush Sr. said everything is going to the heavenly divine plan what he was referring to was the zodiac and what they mean because the zodiac to them is a timetable each, each part of the zodiac is part of the system that must come into play at a particular time according to an, an old, old plan the Aquarius is even in the New Testament where Jesus says to his disciples go in to town find the man with the mule uh, uh, and ask, ask for his mule he'll be carrying a pitcher of water and what he's telling them is that Aquarius uh, the man with the picture of water was Aquarius. The whole thing is astrological yeah.
0: What happens here we have a, a you know once we begin talking in these terms of the astrological sim, uh, similarities uh, that religions use uh, you know december twenty fifth and then we get into the virgin birth and the uh, <clears throat> the other things the resurrection those, things like that in many many different uh, uh, Jesus figures throughout history have had the same uh, the same characteristics, it begins to uh, upset people who have this strict belief uh, that Jesus was an actual person put here, as the Bible says, God's Son put on earth. Uh, and I wonder how you reconcile that. How can there be any reconciliation? Uh, let's just say for argument's sake, uh, what 's the difference if I believe if God is a myth or God is you know Jesus is real or Jesus is a myth? Uh, can we get to the same place and that is uh, an understanding of truth and finding some type of meaning in life uh, yeah. or a creator what's your thoughts?
1: I think that people can can find the higher truths beyond the base truth the laws are given for the base public. I think the individual who's truly seeking will find it if they seek hard enough and they'll even go beyond whichever religion they've been given on the base level, the common religion. Very few do, but, but some are able to do it and use that like a stepping stone to get up and come in touch with something far greater than themselves, far bigger than the basic uh, Yahweh character with the human characteristics of the bad old angry old man. Uh, There's something much greater in the world than that. And some people can go through... Even I've talked to people from Islam who've gone beyond Islam on the same path, too, and come to the same conclusions, only because they've done the the journey themselves, they've left the dogma behind them, the dogma being given to the general public, who need those basic rules at a certain period in their history.
0: Exactly. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a break shortly. We've got about a minute, and then we'll come back for our second half hour. We'll be with uh, Alan Watt for the next hour and a half. And uh, you can find him at uh, his website, www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can find there a whole bunch of different uh, works and articles. And I can see you've been doing a lot of radio shows lately. You've been on many, many different broadcasts. And I'm wondering, in this last minute, what are you finding people want to hear? I mean, you, you have a very broad uh, scope as you go back into history, but what topics are you finding that many people are wanting you to discuss
1: these days? What's getting them is eventually is, uh, I'm trying to get through to them, that even though they're sort of waking up to what's happening now in their lifetime, at uh, this period with the big changes that are underway, What they want to know is how we got to this point and then they're realizing what I've been saying is you don't understand this has been going on for thousands of years and what you think of as normal meaning your culture was not normal at all it was one of many cultures they could have given you and that they change culture from the top and the people simply emulate it and copy it the America of, of today is vastly different from 20 years ago or 40 or 100 years ago has constantly been upgraded as you upgrade a computer program, and the public don't even notice. They simply adapt.
0: I'm your host, uh, Greg Szymanski. This is the Investigative Journal. My guest today is Alan Watt, uh, a website called CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, a website that uh, I recommend you go to and read. You can learn a lot about lost history, and uh, Alan's trying to bring us up to date with that. Alan. You say this on your website, and we're going to get back to uh, what we were discussing at the break, and that was, how did we get to this point where America seems to be coming apart at the threads, uh, and how are, why are people in such a dilemma, right? And you look at everyone, and there are, you know, many, many people are just, what is going on in this world, they say to themselves, and they, don't, they feel something, but they can't put their finger on it. But let me read this, and you say in all ages, in all lands... There have been those who seek truth. This seeking is an individual search for something more than self and much more than the confines of this worldly system that we live in. It is the seeker who understands there is more than what meets the eye, who is not afraid and makes the choice to go into the unknown. The process of awakening has begun. The discovery is underway. And you, uh, call, you, you give a course of deprogramming, and I want to get into that. But let's go back... In your, can you give us kind of a brief uh, historical look back at how we got to this point? And maybe that will help people be able to cope with it a little better. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, we got to this point uh, when money was introduced into civilization with cities. That's where civilization comes from is a city. You're a, you're a, a citizen of the city. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, if you look at the definition of a citizen, it it says someone who is born with pre-existing duties to a system. Now, if you're born with pre-existing duties to a system, it means you're not born Mm free. And they have to basically talk about Nimrod being the first builder of cities. Uh, Mm -hmm. In a city, a city cannot supply itself with anything it needs to simply survive. It needs an artificial system And it is an artificial system. It must have this thing called money. It can then hire people who don't work for food; they work for money. Then you buy your food, and then they can tax it back from you, and create armies to go off and conquer. So, even guys like Plato said that they would bring their utopia, their world republic, into being by using the cities, because in a city, the culture is plastic, it is fluid, it is flexible you can shape it and direct it into any direction you wish it to go. And the public adapts so quickly and assists, it doesn't matter what kind of society it is, the public will adapt to it and think it's normal. A child born into a system where the parents don't know it's abnormal, uh, it means that the child itself will think everything that exists in that system must be normal, and they will never question it. So that technique's been used for thousands of years to, to create a form of slavery, Charles Galton Darwin admitted this in the 1950s. He was the grandson of Charles Darwin. He was a physicist, and he said, there has always existed a form of slavery, and we, meaning the elite, are simply creating a more effective form of slavery. Today, that was the 1950s. That form of slavery is already here. People are wage slaves. They work like rats work for in a laboratory where they pull levers and get a seed, And that that rat then begins to think that's normal and that's the only way that you eat. It's the same with people working for money. They are wage slaves and if you add up all the taxes and hidden taxes that you pay, it's about 60% of your income. If you go back to the Middle Ages, the feudal system, the average serf who did not own his land had to give 60% of all his produce to his lord. And he's and left with 40% to feed himself, his family, any, any cattle he had, and any other labor. So the rates of, are the same from the feudal system to the present system, and yet today, through propaganda, they keep telling us we are free. How can you be free if you don't really own the roof over your head? How can you live in, in a truly advanced society, what they call progress and civilization? <laughs> When someone that you'll never meet in a city far away decides to send the taxmen after you and they take that, that roof from over your head and, and seize it, that's called stealing, you see. They mm-hmm. steal your property and through propaganda and through, through altering perceptions, they a whole pop- uh, population taught that this is somehow normal. It's incredible how they can distort perception by the use of words. The same thing goes with if you have a highwayman on the road and he draws his pistols and holds you up and demands ransom money or you won't pass, and you pay him off, you say, this guy is a highwayman, he's a robber. If a cop does it and demands that he gives you a ticket or, or even cash, as some of them do nowadays for their bosses, he's, called, he's doing his duty for the, for the law the legal system, it's the same act if the highwayman comes and steals your your stagecoach you know he's stolen it if the police impound your car they call it impounding, not stealing it's the same act so perceptions are altered in this system to fool the public and the public are trained to think this is all normal that's how you distort perceptions
0: Exactly. So we, we begin with this monetary system that creates our creates us into slaves. Uh, but can you get a little bit? Uh, can you get into some uh, historical uh, sequences that uh, bring us to this point? You know, in modern times, in a sense, from from the formation of our country and how it's changed from the beginning till now.
1: Well, even even the creation of the United States. There's no doubt about it. It wasn't a sudden idea to have a revolution. It took years of planning, and and the Founding Fathers admitted that they had to do negotiations with countries long before, in advance, they could supply them with powder and ball and all the rest of it, and logistics. And they had the islands all mapped out and and ready to go, where they would bring all this pirated stuff into. They also had treaties made with, with France, who would finance them through this war, it took a lot of planning and preparation to set it off and it was a Masonic-led uh, revolution that's why uh, 33, uh, 33 of the 50-odd founding fathers signed the declaration It was for the, n- the high number 33 because the sun uh, rises on the 30th degree and, and, and sets at 33 the same as Jesus comes on the, the scene at the age of 30 and dies at 33 it's the same old Masonic stuff down through the ages and they do like to stick to their formulas. But
0: um, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You know.
1: mm-hmm. so, so the Founding Fathers, like all countries that's been created through this technique, England was the first we must remember, because the English Revolution was before the U.S. Revolution. Everyone seems to forget that. And the colors of the Revolution were red, and then at the blue lodge, for, for, so the color blue for open Freemasonry because the sun is blue when everything is out in the open. White is for the spirit that would really guide it. So that's the colors of revolution is red, white, and blue. So every country that had the revolution, Britain, the United States, and France, they ended up with red, white, and blue on their flag because it's Kabbalistic. And only the founders understood this religion. The lower peasantry didn't understand anything about it at all. When they got together in the convention hall, they barred the doors, they pulled the blinds, to put sentries on the doors to keep the public out and that was a Masonic meeting they held in Philadelphia because they they do it in a temple that has no windows that's why no one could see in it was a Masonic meeting and they came out and then said to the people we we have given you a government (laughs) (laughs) well well, there was no vote by the people you know to have that government and that's never Yeah, the public had no say in the whole thing and then they give you the foundation myth that George Washington could not tell you a lie and all this stuff. You know, it's, these are called foundation myths that they always give every country uh, to make them feel good about themselves. And the
0: so we definitely don't... had a Masonic influence in the creation of America, yeah. uh, the Revolutionary War. Uh, can you uh, tell us, why, what was the real reason that you found for the, for, for the creation of this country?
1: Well, they, they had meetings in Europe before the revolution. And they had the concert of Europe, and they had different ones, they call them. And they, they wanted a world society. The, the elite wanted, they knew that the way they were going, they, they couldn't war amongst themselves, the psychopathic crew that gets to the top in this money system, or they're always psychopaths. And then they become inbred psychopaths, and then hereditary psychopaths. They knew they couldn't keep on having wars without eventually having a global society because every war led to a takeover of other countries and amalgamations that started with alliances to become amalgamated, to become empires and they knew eventually they'd they'd end up with one global empire but they knew they couldn't do it quickly with the countries that that were already known for plundering every country they went into. That was Britain, France and and all the, the Germanic countries and so on. So they had to create a new knight in shining armor that was going to go for freedom and democracy and all this stuff. And so they created the United States of America to lead the charge. They also knew by the size of the Americas and the natural resources that it had, that 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 would be built up through immigration and manpower to lead the world. It would be the richest country in the world. It could finance wars. Wars are very expensive. Mm -hmm. and a global war would would, would cost an awful lot of money and manpower for military so they had to create this and they gave gave the world this new one that didn't have a history of of plundering other nations when it started off and it led the charge and of course even today when you go across the world even 20, 30 years ago when you travelled across the world you'd meet people that were coming from Georgetown University and doing their, their the students, doing their work abroad to help the peoples. But what they were really doing was bringing the American business system with them and furthering the American corporate interests abroad. That's really what they were doing. The U.S. has caused more wars and, and done more warlike things through international uh, corporatism than any other way.
0: Exactly, and through the, uh, uh, the story that Americans are given about... Uh the Revolutionary War and the, the purposes for this country, I think, are naïve. Mm-hmm. And when we, see the, when we see what's happened through the course of history and how our country has been subverted, uh, how the Constitution now is gutted, how religious organizations like the Vatican have bound together with the uh, secular world, with our government, to move in a certain direction which limits our freedoms in almost every area we look at, It's high time we do something about it. And is there anything we can do at this point?
1: Well, here's the the dilemma. The people have come to this point thinking that the past was normal and that the money system was normal. Their industry has gone abroad. Most of them saw it happening and didn't recognize it at the time. They floated through the the changeover to China as the industry was leaving shores. You can't get America back to a phase because all the industry is gone and under this economic system if you don't produce products then you're a service economy service economies as the big economists tell you are meant as stopgap measures between, some, that, between industry and something else, if there's nothing else to takes its place, that the dog that's paddling will eventually flounder and drown so, so it looks to me like the US is going to be vastly depopulated in the, in the future and that ties in with books uh, like Millennium by Jack Satali, a man who helped spearhead the the unification of Europe, and who wrote about the next phase, which is the unification of Americas, in his book Millennium, written about 1990. And he said that eventually, when the borders were were going down in the Americas, the Latin Americans will flood up, and for a while there will be mayhem as even the big gangs move up. And he said it will be similar to uh, Tiller the Hun invading Rome, etc. The Huns and the Goths and Visigoths invading Rome when they come in, but eventually it will settle down. However, he said that America, that they knew, will never come back. In fact, the next boat people will be Americans going across the world looking for employment. So this has all been discussed at top think tanks at international levels for many years.
0: And you talk about the depopulation of America. Uh, tell us what you mean by that. What do they plan, how, how do they plan to do that?
1: The depopulation on, on one aspect will be, let's say, mass immigration out of America or, uh, eventually. But they also believe at the top that they don't want, and they mean this, they don't want what they call useless eaters. These guys at the top want an efficient system where you're not born just to play yourself, enjoy yourself, and eat, etc., but rather to produce for the system. They've said before, if there's no work for you to produce for the system, you are therefore a useless eater, and they will not tolerate them to live. They mean what they say. They want to vastly reduce the population over the next 10, 20 years. If you look at all the agreements that have been signed, by every country in the world, even including the Kyoto Agreement. They want to kick back countries like Canada and America to the pollution standards of pre-1960. Now, pre-1960 had a much smaller population than today. And uh, they want, I mean, electricity, your gasoline, all of those things, you know. That's the China Express going by my house, by the way. Yeah, is that
0: a... Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah. so we phone up all the Costco stores across Canada. As I say, people like Bertrand Russell and the Council on Population Control at the United Nations have put out these statements that they're going to have vastly reduced populations that will live in these habitat areas. The United Nations has websites up on these habitat areas. And what it boils down to is initially... The habitat areas are the the existing cities that are going to become tremendously overcrowded, but they also have habitat areas with armed guards and perimeter fences uh, with high-tech homes for the high bureaucratic class that will be running the United Americas. This is modelled on the Soviet system, where no one could leave their area, they all lived in in a form of uh, uh, almost a British third-rate level, except for the bureaucracies that served the system, they had dash in the country where they had servants and they could get away and, and, and you know, enjoy themselves. Well, that was the model that we are now based upon. So these special habitats here, high-tech ones, the pleasant ones will be for, for, for um, advanced uh, professors and uh, people who have control over parts of indoctrination processes, which is very important. Lenin said it himself. He says you must uh, pay the police, the military, and the educationals very well because they do the indoctrination and they keep uh, the people obedient. So that's and how do you think they'll knowledge. get to that
0: point, uh, the New World Order? What are their plans? I mean, just actual plans. America is living now. Many people, just like nothing's happening, everything's normal. Uh-huh. What do you think you'll see to uh, wake up, I guess, the people that are sleeping to understand that There's a lot of... There's big changes on the horizon.
1: The the people who are are sleeping will stay sleeping. It's been the same in all ages, if you read history. Populations, the vast bulk of them, will go to the wall rather than admit what's happening. They want to believe the propaganda. They want to believe the six o'clock news. They want to believe that, that the experts are running their lives for them efficiently. They don't want to know the hard... Bad truth about the world they 're perpetual children, and that 's what so- socialism is, you see right. uh, so they 'll go to the wall, holding on to the myth and in a state of denial until they personally get hit or thrown out of their homes or whatever it may be, and then they 'll start howling, then they 'll form mobs, and then they 'll riot un- the uncoordinated mobs which will riot. Uh, And the governments are prepared for this. They've been preparing for 30, 40 years for this by building up big internal armies and rapid deployment forces. The British uh, Department of Defense, a couple of months ago, in the Guardian newspaper, released nine pages from the Department of Defense for NATO as well as Britain. And the U.S. is part of NATO. They all signed the same thing. And for the next 20 years, they project from the top think tanks in the military, they, they, project, they see nothing but riots and what they call flash mobs uh, from the general population getting increasingly worse uh, over the next 10 to 20 years. And they are preparing through their think tanks of every possible scenario that they must do to handle and control the public, including the use of neutron bombs on selected target groups within the population. This is from the biggest defense department on the planet. What on earth is going to happen to make Joe Sixpack get off his chair and actually take part in something, albeit rioting? But well, what it will be is the effects of things like Kyoto. They're going to stop giving you your gasoline. It's going to get rationed in the future. They want non-essential vehicles only eventually on the roads for the habitat areas. They're going to cut back uh, um, electricity. Usage drastically all the things all the conveniences that you have and they're also going to give you less and less employment so you're going to get rioting breaking out uncoordinated uh, riots that will be dealt swiftly uh, swiftly by, by the police and the military type forces that are being trained to deal with this now
0: My guest is Alan Watt, uh, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. I think if you go there, you'll find it uh, quite interesting. Alan's uh, really asked to appear on many, many shows all over the Internet, and you can hear him on many different stations. Our type of free-thinking ideas, um, no matter where they go, uh, won't be seen in this world maybe in another 30 to 40 to 50 years. What do you think?
1: Well, at that time, they planned to have everyone brain-chipped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so people won't be able to think at all. And I'm not kidding about that. They've, they've actually done testing on this. This is the big push now, uh, making people think it's a natural progression from the computer to the little uh, uh, blueberry uh, that they have, little machine, uh, to the, the cell phone and then to the brain chip. People are getting indoctrinated. This is a natural evolution. However, once that brain chip is installed, and they've had world meetings on this at big universities like Loyola University in Louisiana, world science meetings, the the chip is ready to go. It does interface with your neurons, your nervous system. It will be able to transmit to your brain and, and transmit from your brain to central regionalized computers. This is ready to go. All they have to do now is convince the public to accept it and they're doing that through movies and fiction. The youngsters are already, it's all through their cartoons. They think it's going to be mm-hmm. a wonderful idea. But what they're not telling you is once you take this chip and flick the main switch, and the real purpose kicks on, you will no longer be you.
0: No longer what they, me. What
1: they said at <laughs> Loyola was, uh, in fact, you'll be unable to even perceive of yourself as a distinct, separate individual.
0: Very interesting. We've got a call from New York. Judy's on the line. Judy, do you have a question for my guest, Alan?
2: Oh, I probably had about 20. Hi. Well, I'll go right ahead. Uh, This is a great show, Greg, and Alan, it's always a pleasure to listen to you. Um, The agenda that you're describing obviously was crafted a long time ago, and it seems to be going along according to plan, even though there seems to be a whole industry that has sprung up around these events such as taking on the New World Order and 9-11 Truth, which to me just seem um, more like confusion than anything else, unfortunately. I think that you basically answered my question, because from what I've been hearing, it looks as if we're in the final chapter of the USA, and uh, there's no hope for people like me who's a useless feeder and unless the answer is spiritual and that's probably what my question has evolved into mm-hmm.
1: and, and, it, and it does Ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you know about this and how much you understand about it ultimately it comes down to life itself the purpose of life for everyone and and is there something beyond it that we have to fulfill ourselves on a different path, as opposed to if we are governments that decided they're going to take us, and it's, it is obvious to me that it's only a, a spiritual type shift would, would shift us out of this, this uh, dialectic of, of governments and us opposing the government in traditional methods, which they're well aware of and very used to. Uh, we have to go on a different path, and in the past, it's been spiritual movements that have always shifted gear for the people into much higher things uh, and which ultimately end up with different ways of living we do need a different way of living but we don't need the elites planned agenda we can't go on the way we are where it's dog eat dog in a psychopathic culture and success uh, depends upon how many people you can destroy on your way up to the top Uh, and there's people going homeless on the street or can't afford operations there's nothing humane in this system This is an inhumane system. So from a spiritual point of view, and spiritual is such a a dirty word, it's been stamped into the mud by uh, the New Age movement and everyone else so many times, it's almost like love. Love means nothing anymore either. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, So we have to go beyond that and find out what, what that other part of humanity is. What is a true spiritual connection between you and some creator? and those around you as well. How do you manifest it? And we certainly can't manifest it in a moneyed, greed-corrupted system of dog-eat-dog and very clever corn men and psychopaths getting to the top and feeding off us all. Uh, we've got to change the system into a new way.
2: Do you think there's any truth, any validity to what people are saying about as we enter the age of Aquarius we're going to be... Um, in a different frequency, we're going to have our, quote, junk DNA activated, and um, so there's going to be uh, almost like that hundredth monkey syndrome where people are going to start uh, reaching a critical mass in consciousness, or do you think that that's just wishful thinking or New Age hype?
1: It's, the whole New Age movement, unfortunately, was led from, from the high Masonic groups from the beginning, and they've kept them running in circles they've kept them in denial in fact they teach them don't look at the negative things and because of that they're the most ignorant of all of what's actually happening they're taught not to look at the bad side of, of daily life uh, just look at the positive things and it's a very me oriented type new religion uh, as far as Aquarius goes you have to understand the higher significance of Aquarius um, Aquarius comes really through, through the Roman legends from the Greek legends um, where, where Aquarius was actually a beautiful young boy that was raped by Zeus a homosexual rape uh, and uh, the water that he carries is not just from the sea where he was raped but it, it also means the pool of life, the gene pool when that gene pool is emptied out you'll have a new type of man in the age of Aquarius which is neither quite male nor female. That's what it stands for.
2: So uh, we can go either way um, yep. at this point. It's, uh, so it is sometimes to, uh, it just seems so hopeless, and especially if they chip us. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a believer in the soul. I can't prove yep. it, but I think I can prove it. Mm-hmm. And um, it sounds as if once we're chipped, we won't be soulless. Our thoughts will not be our own. It sounds like we're just
1: doomed well that's the problem Uh, put this way what we know about the brain itself uh, is one thing the best neurosurgeon cannot tell you what the mind is we know when the brain gets damaged certain parts of the mechanisms feel to work properly like a machine but we still don't know what the mind is is that what your soul is soul used to be the activating principle that drove you towards higher things called spirit that's what it meant and uh the brain chip is going, to stop, is going to stop interfacing or have the possibility of going beyond the natural to something greater. It's, it's a form of stopping you getting... So yeah, you'll be fixed, basically fixed in, in the world uh, and be unable to even have higher critical thinking and on any topic that's not programmed into you by the elite themselves.
2: And then what happens to the mind since uh, it that's appears it. that the whole world is mind?
1: Yeah. Well, at the Loyola meeting, the, the professor from Japan who'd been working on this brain chip, which is ready to go, said that uh, it'll, that, that um, think of it more like the, the hive rather than individuals. You'll, you'll have a hive mentality where you'll hear uh, whispers of instructions going to those around you and whispers of their thoughts going through you back to the main computer well that's exactly what you've been watching on Star Trek with the Borg Mm
0: -hmm. that's
1: what the Borg's all about and the Borg are all one in the New Age movement you hear the mantra we're all one Well, sure, for the New Agers, they're all going to get their chance. They'll all be one. It's just that they won't have retain their individuality to do anything with it.
2: (laughs) I think I've said that mantra myself a couple of times. But I didn't mean it that way. I meant that there's an interconnectedness. I don't know whether quoting Teilhard de Chardin is any better, but that there is an interconnectedness, just like that one arm is interconnected with another, though we don't see it. And it doesn't mean to me turning us all into Hare Krishna types. You know? That's right. It means that what I do to you, uh, I do to myself, basically.
1: And, and that is a truism. Uh, for, for every, every um, action is an equal and opposite reaction. There's no such thing in this world as free when it comes to certain choices, the tremendous consequences from what we think are flippant choices that come back in our own lives. And these are natural laws. That's true, yeah.
0: And Judy, stay on the line, uh, and I want to ask both of you a question, uh, because we're going down this path uh, that seems to be a path of hopelessness. I mean, people that are listening, uh, including myself, we get this idea that uh, all these people are all powerful. Uh, They have the power, the money, the control. And uh, I guess what I'm saying is I've always... You know, I've always cheered for the underdog, and I'm always looking for ways to clog up their clog up their motors and to slow them down a little bit. Uh, and the, what I mean by that is, do uh, you guys think, and I'll ask Alan uh, first, and then you, Judy, uh, that if uh, we were stronger individually, all of us, and we could somehow harness this and actually pinpoint who these people are and nail them to the wall and to show people uh... that you know not by just talking in generalities but by specifics okay this guy involved in this political organization is involved with this religious organization to do one thing and that is to destroy this country to take away everything and if we could get this kind of change uh... where we would get rid of all these people in government who follow these people rid of all these religious leaders who are untrue and who are deceptive and just so cunning and uh, just so evil. Uh, Is there a way to divert this and to stop it and to turn it into a country of good people ruling each other and religious thoughts and people working together to find that creator? What do you think, Alan? And then, Judy, you can
1: chime in after. Go ahead. I I think that... uh one thing is you can't save that which you never had you see, what we've had in the past is only parts of the same elite system that they've given the people and the people grew up thinking it's natural uh, what we need is a new way a new way, a humane way of getting back to what humanity is all about this system we're in, we can't save it I wouldn't want to save it I keep telling people I I'm not here to save this system or if you stop
0: yeah, I'm in agreement and- with you. Uh-huh. I, I, maybe I wasn't clear. To change it, to change it into something new
1: yeah. and better. And that part there is exciting itself when you realize that the culmination of thousands of years are, are happening right now. It's here, it's now. In previous times, people could read all their books or their holy books and imagine, but never know. We're living in the time when they can stop you buying and selling. We're living in the time through technology and science can caused the earthquakes and the floods and the famines and the pestilences and the diseases they have all that done with science today and now is the, the, the critical time for, for the few people across the whole planet to start living a completely different way of life and manifesting it in their own life to those around them and, and it's only through that and, and the questioning of the purpose of life itself And how can we become more human, which means more spiritual as well. That's all part of being human and and alter this rather than go uh, get our heads locked together and battle with the elites' armies. That's what they want. That's what they expect. That's how they're used to to, uh, dealing with us. And that's how they're used to us dealing with them Done through history with counter-revolutions. We must find a different way.
2: Excuse mm-hmm. me, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it was Einstein, I'm going to paraphrase. He said that you can solve a problem on the level on which it has been created. And it reminds me of a drug dealer on the corner. You can arrest the drug dealer, but two days later, there'll be a new drug dealer. Because this is the level of consciousness that we're at now. And um, we're, for some reason, the people that are attracted to this game, and no matter from what they call themselves, they really are psychopaths. Yeah. And there are plenty of them, more than I ever realized. So, if we can start... I think that the revolution has to be a spiritual revolution. Otherwise, we're just going to have a war and they have the bigger and better weapons, the bigger and better toys, and we're, we're lost. They can yeah. microwave us as we're walking down the street.
1: Yes. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess... Uh, Judy, you could still stay on the line. I wanted to uh, get to this course that Alan has uh, in deprogramming and maybe uh, you could tell us a little bit about that and use maybe uh, me as a guinea pig. How can you deprogram me from uh, the past?
1: It's a matter of showing, you, of first showing you what you already think of things or believe things are or how they are and then showing you how they really are. It's to say that that, even simply when I was talking about perceptions of events, when you see something which is the same as something else, same thing. No matter if they call it a different thing, where the cops impound your car or a highway man steals your car, it's the same act. How can one be unlawful and one lawful? Uh, Stealing is stealing. So it's a matter of showing you how your perceptions have been warped Uh, so that you don't actually realize what's really happening. Uh, And uh, that's what I mean by deprogramming them plus showing them the coding that's through their their religion and uh, the words that they use in their language. See, we think like computers. We are, in a sense, computers in this physical world. Uh, Every computer has a logic, and it has a language given to it. And a good programmer should be able to take a question from you and tell you that the answer the computer will come to because he knows the logic and the language of that computer. If you watch the techniques of all education and media pronouncements and documentaries that are given to the public, they're given in specific sequences using the language of your culture with words that that are specially selected, given in a certain formula form so that you are going to come to a pre-arranged conclusion, uh, a conclusion planned by by the purveyors of that that documentary or the news or whatever. Uh, That's how we are worked. It's an incredible psychology that's used on all of us from the time we are born. It's a perfected psychology because they know our language and by feeding us specific information and omitting other parts of information, they know the conclusions that we always arrived at and that that's what they want. They have written about this and boasted about it and we're living it now. The public are programmed on a daily basis, mainly through their media right. and through and their ju- movies and fiction too.
0: Yeah. Judy, any more questions?
2: Uh, no. I, just when, Alan, when you were just talking about that, I was thinking of the um, alternative media because I've watched myself react just like a Pavlovian dog To certain buzzwords And I know that they're out there To have me react that way Or to sell a product or whatever And um, it's almost like You have to discard You have to have almost like a zen mind You know yes. <laughs> And yes. you have to just discard everything That you think is going on And I don't know how you feel About um, Some people say And I guess it, it comes from uh, Hindu cosmology But that the world is basically a mirror And we're looking in the mirror And we're to- so busy trying to clean the mirror As opposed to looking within ourselves mm-hmm. And if we can start looking within ourselves If we can start recognizing the evil, the killer the, the, the primal rage the We won't have to project it out into the world so much And maybe we can raise our, uh, our level a few notches
1: yeah. That's right People, as you know, people Because it's trained in a system that's inhumane and runs on fear in in this world, always has, in the managed system, fear of want, poverty, homelessness, uh, having no friends, being sick, and being unable to get treated, it's run on a fear-based system. And that's why you have the most insured countries in the world, uh, Canada and the U.S. It's a fear-based thing. Everyone's terrified of being poor. And because of that, you get a neurotic exaggerated need for wealth, and, that, and so we have a psychopathic culture which promotes success by all and any means possible at anyone else's expense. And if you can get up there without being put in prison, then you've suddenly become respectable and you've made it. You can go like the Kennedys and sit in the Congress forever. <laughs> uh, it's the same con game. So, yeah, we've got to get away from this system and stop emulating people we're told are now heroes because they got up there, the Donald Trumps and all the rest of them, and and start taking our worth as as fellow human beings, not by what we neurotically accumulate in the bank.
2: And also these um, exoteric religions, all they do is promote fear. If we had a true sense of spirituality, like... I believe, or I think I know, (laughs) because of certain experiences I've had, that my life will not end with the final curtain on planet Earth. Now, if I could really internalize that so that I could eat, breathe, and sleep it almost, there would be nothing to be afraid of, because I wouldn't have to fear death, and death is one of the great ones. And what's going to happen to me afterwards in the religions, uh, you know, I'll give you the hellfire and brimstone or whatever. You're going to yeah. pay the piper. and just uh, it, it just makes it, rather than to give you some solace. it seems that they do just the opposite.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, anyway, I I've taken
2: enough of your time, gentlemen. Thank you so much.
1: It's a oh, okay.
0: Thank you, Judy.
2: You're uh, very welcome. Judy, Bye-bye. Judy
0: from New York. And, uh, yeah, you were going to say, Alan... Um, that we never get the time to really...
1: ponder life itself. We're always worrying, scurrying, running off to try and accumulate or keep up with the Joneses or pay the latest fee or taxes or whatever else it happens to be. And, and it's constant. We, we run through our whole lives and never get a chance to stop, relax, and, and wonder. But you know, most people are, are living and in hiding in great misery within themselves they have a great hole inside themselves, a, a gaping hole, uh, and, they to, and they've and they been taught that only by purchasing and buying are you going to be happy to try and fill that hole, but it's a bottomless pit because they're looking in the wrong directions for what makes life worth and gives it happiness and, and contentment. We don't have that in the Western societies because it is corrupt. It is built on a hierarchy of dog-eat-dog-and-get-to-the-top. And why are we so surprised when the people at the bottom are ripping each other off in a corrupt system, that the boys at the top are ripping us off in an even bigger corrupt system? Why are we surprised? The whole system runs on corruption.
0: Yeah, good point. How are you going to cope with the changes coming if they do? What are your plans? Are there any, No, practically speaking, um, are there any places in your mind that are safer than others? Uh, Is there a way to cope? with the coming clampdown I guess on our freedoms and on our norm, the things we normally uh, need to survive in this world, what, what, what are your plans?
1: I, I would hope that those who have enough, enough um, insight into what I'm talking about, and there are a lot of people out there who are getting to that stage now, they have done their homework, they have looked at all sides of everything. They've looked at the heroes, the anti heroes, and, and all the group leaders that you're given down through society, um, and realized that you've got to go beyond all of that to change society. Um, and they are speaking out now. They are demanding to know all of the affiliations that, that people that you vote into office belong to. You mm-hmm. must ask if, they're, if they are members of occultic, or Masonic, or Freemasonic, or related groups. You must ask that they've given oaths to, for, for world societies or globalism or the brotherhood of man, as they often couch it. Um, right. You, you, because you're giving authority to these people to come in and, and make laws that are going to affect you. And that goes from your local school board to your local town council all the way up to the federal government. You have the right to demand to, that these guys' lives are fully laid out for you. If they want to rule you and and perhaps even sentence you to death with their powers, you better find out how, who these people are and demand, you know. And if, and if you find out they do belong to these organizations that have sworn allegiance to a global society, they're already traitors to your national system anyway.
0: Exactly. And practically speaking, though, are there any places in, this, uh, in North America safer than others in the coming days?
1: I don't know so much about safer, um, probably more in in the the sticks and the boonies, uh, at least for a period which is coming where they will give us all the shortages, the food, the energy shortages, etc. It certainly would be much easier in the country to survive if you can stand a little bit of hardship, as opposed to stuck in a city where they turn your water off, stop their food coming into the grocery stores, and then you're dependent upon the United Nations to give you handouts always with a a little um, uh, something attached to it. You you give nothing for nothing from the United Nations. But that that will happen. The city would be the worst possible place to be because you cannot support yourself, even individually within a city, unless you go and plunder the guys next door and rob them of their food.
0: Right, and then you can, uh, in so many different ways, figure out ways in the the country to survive... uh, with alternative type of power, uh, with water sources that are more abundant, that you can uh, filter water, and also, uh, in a sense, uh, by, uh, gather together with the people living in the country to, uh, uh, for some type of food source, uh, where people can get together. And uh, it may come to the day where you have to go out in the woods and uh, hunt again.
1: Yes and that's where all the all the gizmos and gadgets that they sell for survival have to be thrown into the river because you can't haul all that stuff around with you. Uh, all you need are a few basic tools and right. the knowledge of how to use them, hunt, trap and, and all the rest of it and live as simply as possible. Any technology is going to, is going to you'll be more you've spend more time fixing the stuff than you will using it.
0: Uh, yeah, and, you know, it might not even be a bad practice for people to practice this, uh, you know, technique. For example, there are different parts of the world where you need different survival skills to really yeah. make it in the wild. Uh, but like you said, if you're in if you are in the desert area, there's certain skills you should learn. If you're in the high country yeah. uh, of Scotland, there are different skills. If if you're in the Rocky Mountains, yeah. and like you said, with the flint. Uh, and basically uh, a little bit of something to hold water, uh, and there's even ways to get around that. You can survive a long time if you know what you're doing uh, off of the land. And many of us have no idea what berries you can eat. what You know, and this may sound primitive, but when it boils down to it, uh, man has a strong sense of survival, and if you use these techniques, you may be able to, uh, to continue on, because none of us want, you know, that basically a man's sense of survival is based on our primitive needs, and right now we are so dependent upon the system for that, we must start learning how to do it on our own, and no better place than to start thinking about the desert land, the different ways to survive in the high country, and like you said, you don't need a lot of tools, all the things no. they sell... You don't need those things. You need common sense. Common sense and simplicity. simplicity. Yeah, for example, how are you going to stay warm in the winter uh, if you're up in the mountains? How are you going to stay cool if you're stranded in the desert for a week? Yeah. I mean, and do you understand the difference between the, you know, many, uh, it's just a, it's an impossible to, talk, to discuss everything now, but if it boils down to that, uh, those are the final people that may survive while the rest of us don't,
1: correct? Yeah, and it's yeah. also, it's also uh, to do with, with um, uh, how long will that period last. We know, they've, they've told us from the top, they're going to give us, uh, as I say, massive energy cutbacks. Um, pandemonium will break loose on and off down through the next few years, etc. So at least knowing how to survive through the basic uh, times with basic equipment is all you really need for, to get through
0: Okay, we're back on the Investigative Journal for the last half hour. My guest has been uh, Alan Watts, And if you want to call us, uh, let me give out the number, 559-781-3773. That's 559-781-3773. And, uh, Alan, what I wanted to talk to you about this half hour was specifically, and I, I kind of have taken on a uh, uh, a lot of interest in trying to uncover Uh, the evils of the Vatican because of their history. uh, One of the ways they do wipe out people, even in the modern world now, is through genocide, uh, through uh, constant wars. Uh, We can look back to Rwanda. Uh, We can look back to uh, the Balkans in 1992, and then back to World War II, of course. And uh, this is an organization uh, that I believe is involved in the occult, Uh, connected with Freemasonry under the table, as was found out uh, when Pope John Paul I was killed, and before he was killed in the Vatican, he uh, uncovered more than 200 high-level archbishops and bishops involved in Masonic lodges, which is supposedly a violation of canon law and a a matter of excommunication. Uh, However, we have a hypocrisy going on, and because this organization is so large, around the world and so wealthy and powerful it needs to be dealt with. And I wondered how you deal with it uh, in your research and what you recommend people to do about this organization that I guess began uh, in, a, in, a, in a bad light during the time of Constantine. Go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, these secret organizations have been here maybe for thousands of years. Uh, some claim they go back a time when they tried to create a global world system a long long time ago and uh, at the end um, it, it didn't quite pan out for them and they, they scattered and the people hunted them down and tried to kill them because of what they brought upon the world and so they started off again with their secret signs and passwords to recognize each other I wouldn't be surprised if there is truth to that to be honest with you uh, why would big charitable institutions need to take blood oath of death to they betray secrets? What's that got to do with charity and mm-hmm. self-improvement of an indi- It's because it's really the seeding point. It's a big sieve where you put in the big grain and, and the small stuff comes through. They, they sift the ones they can use and put upstairs into the higher higher truths of m- Masonic uh, coding that lets them into this big mafia world system where they are allowed to fleece the profane. They believe the profane, those that live in darkness, the general public, the people who have accepted the world as it's been presented and indoctrinated into them, they believe they have the right to fleece the sheep and they have no plans in doing it. They boast about it. In fact, all the scams that they, they pull off, that's what they boast amongst themselves about. So we've got to realize that this is not a good charitable institution. You cannot have a free society and secret societies coexisting together. It's it's an impasse. It's one or the other. And you'll find that even Kennedy gave great speeches about having to end the secret societies within government itself. That was one of the last speeches he gave to United Press Club before he was assassinated. I think that had something to do with it. And yes, there's no doubt at all about it, that uh, even the ancient um, uh, church fathers of Rome wrote about the fact um, of having an external ceremony for the masses. That's where the mass comes from. And Clementine and others said that once the mass has gone, we, the higher orders, have our own private meeting for ourselves once the doors are closed. This has always been within the church. Alistair Crowley, who was recruited while a member of the Anglican Church in England, he wrote about that in his own memoirs, said that every religion, authorized religion, is also a recruiting service or agency to take people into the side degrees, into the higher orders of those who can be used to go higher. And that's always been the case with religion. In fact, if you understand what the Bible really is, you'll see the hidden coding in all of these little stories. Uh, that's why that Bible is on every uh, pre-Masonic temple, on the altar. That's why uh, the eight members of the, the York at New, La- uh, New York uh, swear in this, uh, the president with the Bible that's escorted by those eight members from New York to Washington, D.C., with the swearing and ceremony of every president. That's the Masonic Bible, and you understand the coding within, you understand how the system is really run. In the Old Testament, slavery is accepted by the deity, for instance. There's nothing good out there that's bad about slavery. Um, making mass profits off the stupidity of others is also hidden in there if you understand it too. Uh, it's showing you the con man's rule book to world domination, basically. Uh, that's how I see it and that's used by the High Freemasons um, as, as a guideline uh, of how to run this system and maintain it for themselves
0: well what about the idea some people say that the um, Vatican is setting uh, the world up for a one, not only a one world government but a one world religion uh, what's your thoughts about that?
1: well I, uh, what's interesting is that, that not only the Catholic Church but those involved in this push towards the creation of a world religion uh, a new age religion for the world like Gorbachev who has written in his own books uh, such as Towards a New Civilization, he said we are creating a new religion for the world which is to be based on earth worship and um, when you look at who could possibly bring this about, who has all of the documentation on religions and the, and all the formulas of pushing religions down through many, many centuries but the Catholic Church itself if, right. you, if you look at the fact that the Catholic Church took into itself all of the old pagan deities and called them saints for instance um, if, if you see all of the hidden meanings in their architecture which really are open to me at least I could give you guiding, guided tours around cathedrals and point out the whole occult right there Um, uh, why did they have Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in the Bible uh, the north, south, east and west why did they have each one of them painted in the Sistine uh, Chapel uh, in the Vatican Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John as the the eagle, the lion uh, the man and the bull as Taurus and Leo etc and and Aquarius as well Uh, why, why is that in there? Who were these evangelists, these four apostles, or was it completely a stellar fiction to begin with? This is known by the high priests in uh, the curia. You understand all of this stuff very yeah, well. and, I,
0: and I, You know, I happened to live uh, and work in Italy from Rome for six years during the 80s and uh, learned a lot from these uh, priests that I would meet and uh, some of the secrets that they would tell me that were down there and uh, how they manipulate it and they would even openly say if you ask them a question uh, about certain things they would say the masses hear one thing the people hear one thing and we know another and they can never know this or there would be mass chaos that would be their answer to me all the time when I questioned some of the Vatican's uh, uh, architecture when I questioned uh other things about the real underpinnings of the catholic church and what it made me see was that it was such a huge controlling mechanism funded by billions and billions of dollars in gold and uh, amazing uh, and nothing to do with salvation of people uh... they could care less i think <laughs> you know what i'm saying
1: yeah, yeah It yeah. one huge business you see and the catholic church interestingly enough Promoted the whole idea of the same money system throughout Europe They brought in the usurers throughout Europe. They forbid all the Gentiles to use usury, but they wanted the usurers to be all throughout Europe in order to spread the money in order that they could tax that money from the people because the the Vatican runs on money itself
0: Mm, exactly. uh,
1: so, so it's accumulated incredible wealth over th- the last couple of thousand years, uh, and has investments across the planet in some of the biggest, you know, uh, corporations. In fact, in the planet, what's what's a what's a religion that's after your soul and to your soul doing, running, uh, it's complete um, antithesis. The money system, which cannot, can never be clean. It could money yeah, exactly. cannot be clean. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. And uh, they have the best, uh, you know, the biggest hoax ever uh, put on mankind. And that that is how they hide or have held Jesus hostage. uh, When in fact, uh, an interesting uh, way to look at them is, for example, in a recent article in this magazine in Rome uh, called Christianita, I had a guest on uh, who was talking about the Pope being gay and there was information, uh, high-level information, uh, that he has a 24-year-old lover, and this came from the head of the Monte Carlo P2 Lodge, amongst others, who were a bit upset uh, about it. And uh, all you can say, all I asked my guest was why, and they said, well, there's still here in Italy this masculine, uh, uh, you know, this, this uh, upsetment over homosexuality, even though, in the, in the dark rooms they accept it, they still uh, find it difficult to accept the Pope was gay. Well, after these kind of stories came out, uh, one of the more high-level people in the Vatican who works in a religious group, uh, he works for one of their research centers, uh, wrote a scathing article saying that I should spend more time, and this came out in a Catholic publication in the Vatican, that I should spend more time looking for Elvis Presley than to criticize the Vatican and that I was completely out of my mind and insane to think they were involved in any of this wrongdoing. But at the same time, we researched an article that this guy, uh, he he gave an interview in 1993 to a magazine and admitted that he was a Satanist and had very many uh, experiences with the occult work closely with the Vatican and was a Catholic. Now go figure that out.
1: <laughs> well it's interesting too that Malachi Martin came out and he had been an advisor to two or three popes mm-hmm. and he was a Jesuit priest and he wrote his book on Winswept House and different ones explaining the corruption that had gone so far that, that the whole Vatican was, was, was rotten that it could be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the deviancy was rampant throughout it, through all the different orders of priesthoods. But there's nothing really new in that, you know. No. I mean, what man I wants to dress up in, in a woman's dress anyway, and, <laughs> and live his life with other men and, and have nothing to do with women? I mean, what does that tell you? Exactly. It's either that or the army.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's another... In fact, I interviewed another archbishop. He's a former archbishop of Guatemala who lives in your country, in Canada. Uh, he's, uh, he was a former emissary between the black pope, uh, the head of the Jesuits, and the pope, and worked in a high-level position in the Vatican before becoming Archbishop of Guatemala. And he uh, basically verified exactly what you were saying about Malachi Martin and the high-level corruption in, uh, in the Vatican and the satanic elements there. Uh, and uh, he, he uh, left the priesthood. And lives in Canada now, so I mean, here's a living archbishop, former archbishop, who's verifying what we're talking about, but yet no one believes it. That's the real mystery to this whole story. It's not <laughs> difficult
1: when you realize that, that when you indoctrinate children into a perception of one thing or dispute in one way, it's very difficult for them ever to imagine it any other way. It's true, incredible indoctrination, but all religions work on the same principles. Uh, oh and yeah, and I, can, I grew up
0: as a Catholic, Alan. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I'm one of the few, uh, I don't know why I've been able to, critis- to, find, to understand this. It wasn't easy in the beginning, because I had this uh, close connection to the Church as a youth. I mean, as a kid, I grew up uh, as a Catholic boy. I was an epistle reader. Uh, I wanted to be a priest when I was ten, I can remember, and uh, then went off to Catholic high school. Uh, so, you know, I can understand that. Uh, and that's how all religions work. And that's why they are so limiting to mankind yeah. instead of. Really and, 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 you helping know, they always
1: you. end up with, with the perverted class within them because it's an easy life for these guys to join the priesthood. Uh, they're guaranteed a good wage, they're guaranteed a lot of perks and benefits, uh, and uh, great good pensions and all of it, and good health care. Uh, it's an easy life for these characters, and
0: yeah, they, I mean, he's taken care of for them. Yeah. You know,
1: it's a business. You see, I mean, where did, did Jesus ever say, you know, take a company uh, a job and a company benefit and and all of? No, he didn't say that. He says you have life, to take your chances. You have to live on faith, right. faith, not the corporation. Exactly. And, and, uh, and here you have a, a business thing going. It's a corporation, really and um, running the supposed soul life of, of other people the spiritual life of others but, but again, uh, Protestantism is just as bad uh, they don't go into the basic meanings of Christianity they're just another dogmatic institution that's used for control uh, they don't even understand the basic double speaks within the Bible where freedom was pushed to the limit. And, and, and the guy that was supposedly following died standing up to the system.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Uh, I didn't want. To, we have about oh, maybe uh, eight minutes to go. I didn't want to forget those two other books uh, that you have uh, for sale on your website. If people want to go read your books, go to uh, www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And I wanted to talk about the second one and the third one, A Glimpse Into the Great Work and the esoteric unveiled uh, and the meaning of revelations in the high masonic tradition if you could briefly tell us what those two books get into and maybe we've covered some of it but anyway i wanted to uh, finish with that
1: yeah i go into the the, the higher the higher meanings there's different levels of meanings as you go up uh, through the occult or masonry occult just means the hidden that which is hidden from the public Mm -hmm. it comes from the eye, the oculus, the, the eye You see the seeing eye. The seeing eye, the third eye, is your mind. That's what your mind is. No matter what your eyes eyes actually bring in, it's your mind that must uh, figure out the information and put it in the proper little slots and so on. So so I go through how your mind should work. I show you how to make it work through the use of the symbols and the explanations. And and, and the, the third book, I through revelations according to the, the, the high uh, solar and stellar and lunar uh, religions and it makes sense of revelations for the first time when you go through of it It can't even be argued about once you see what it really means and I also in the third book go through the creation of money from the ancient times and how with the introduction of money and commerce uh, the elite arose created a, um, an idol uh, class of thinkers that became their civil servants that then could dominate and run society. He couldn't have had that without the, the bringing enough money to create a leisured class with time to sit and ponder the great things of society and rule them. So money is the key to it all, and I go through the history of how they use money to set up nations, use those nations to start wars and fund wars, and then how they pull the money out of that nation once it's served its purpose and move on down through time and history from the earliest times uh, and it's from all uh, ancient sources and so on that I use the, the history as documented but we could to understand we're not living in a natural system at all we're living in an incredible unnatural system anti-humane system that must come to where it is now today, it has no choice once you leave Eden, which means nature a- and go along that path out of Eden science and and this corrupt system must always end up trying to dominate everybody on the planet for full control because full control means that every individual on the planet must be predictable and that means total surveillance it literally means owning your mind that's where it takes you once you leave Eden and we've got to find a different way to get off of this path and find a new path before it's too late
0: do you see any difference between the way Canadian citizens are reacting to what's going on in North America than American citizens? Or is it primarily the same to you? Canada is no different than America anymore. Uh, Maybe it never was.
1: It never was. Uh, you, really this whole business about the borders is such a farce. The elite knew that to tax people uh, they need warfare or the threat of war and so they gave us the borders That means the order of the B. B order is a border. That's a high Masonic joke. If you go along the U.S.-Canada border and get off the main roads and walk along the border, both sides, you will see Masonic obelisks that mark the borders of Canada and the U.S. from coast to coast. Hmm. It was a Masonic deal, and, and in the 1800s, they finalized the border, and it was one of the Rothschilds who was given another Lord's title Uh, who came over and fixed the borders for U.S. and Canada.
0: Interesting. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. So you can actually see the obelisks as you walk the border, huh?
1: Yes, you can. Yeah, they're all right across the entire border, both sides. Hmm.
0: And, uh, uh, you know, we get it to a point where um, most Americans, anyway, uh, have, uh, I think, basically... Uh, if they can allow a person like Bush to take office, what's next? I mean, uh, if I look at the future of this country, and uh, I, I, I have a hard time politically to see it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a joke. There, it's 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 almost as if it's we're living some kind of uh, fantasy. Yeah. And if we looked at the reality of what we're doing, I think what you said earlier. Uh, we need a change <laughs> Yes, it's not going to work inside the same system anymore
1: we, we can't we never uh, they set up the system and the agenda of free trade and the amalgamation of countries under free trade for democracy back in the 1500s in London at Queen Elizabeth I's court and John Dee was a guy who coined the term the British Empire based on a system of free trade where countries will be given most favored nation status, as we've given China recently, same thing. This is a 500-odd-year plan. It's this part of the plan that we're living through today. And huh. London has been putting their boys in, um, these interbred people, into politics for years, in, in all countries, including the U.S. And it's funny that every U.S. president pretty well is related to the british royalty and has been for the last. well even washington was and once they've done their job they they all go over to get knighted by the queen i mean haven't people people ever figured this out yet
2: Hmm.
0: yeah it's just amazing to me and i see on your one last uh we got a couple of minutes here and uh this is an interesting topic that uh, I get into with people, and I I, believe, I think I believe the same way you do. And you say, for those who wish to information on reptilian people, rather than waste my time, please check the entertainment sections of major bookstores. And uh, This reminds me of a, a small argument I got into with David Icke, uh, when he would mix the Vatican with the reptilian people, and I uh, just wondered your thoughts about that. I think you made it clear here. But it, it to me is a, 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 wa- a waste of time and a diversion to be thinking in those terms. What's your thoughts?
1: Oh well yeah. I mean, the, the whole reptilian business was uh, 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 put out there as, a, as almost like a counterintelligence, because if you want to discredit truth, you just make the, the truth that's been spoken, like the intelligence, that's what they call it, the true intelligence that's been spoken by people going round halls and have been for 50, 60 years. Um, you take that intelligence, you add the farcical to it, and you discredit the intelligence. So you throw the baby out with the bathwater.
0: Yeah, good point, and I uh, agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Uh, and uh, one last thing before we go, we got about a minute. Uh, if you were a betting man, uh, what does the world look like in 2012?
1: The, 2012, the United States. 12. Yeah, be the, the amalgamation uh, is already over with. Amalgamation of China uh, and, and the rest of the Far East is, is uh, almost complete. And 2012 is the time that that the United Nations is supposed to be in charge of the world, then, as a supreme government.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, listen, Alan, I want to thank you for being on the show. And again, I want to give out your website, uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I recommend you go there, uh, read a lot of what Alan's written about, and. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: Okay, Alan. That was Alan Watt, and uh, we'll have you again.